Welcome to Engaging the Truth Team, where we express the love and truth of Jesus Christ. I'm going to be welcoming our um, team lead, which is the team lead for Engaging the Truth Team, and his name is Caleb Oladejo to be taking the subject discourse. So, but Caleb, you are welcome, sir. Please join us as we worship God in the name of Jesus. The Lord God who owns all the power. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. The Lord God who owns all power. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Two more times on that song. Two more times on that song. I want you to worship God from the depth of your heart. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For the very last time on that song, hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. In the name of Jesus. I want you to join your worship God with your voice, with your with tongues, with your heart. I want you to worship him in songs, worship him because of who he is. I want you to cultivate the habit of thanking God. Thanking God. Has it ever happened to you before? You want to pray. You want to ask God for things. And then you get to the place you want to pray. And then you just want to do a little bit of thanksgiving. And then it seems as though somebody is extending the time for you. The more you want to stop, the more it is difficult to stop. And before you know it, you are worshiping God, sweating for one hour, for two hours. You could just couldn't stop the worship. You want to pray, but you couldn't pray. It's a good thing to worship God. I want you to worship God this evening. Thank Him. Not because of what he's done, like I always say, but because of who he is. Why? Because we are not thanking him for what he has done, because he is God. What if he has not done it doesn't mean you would not thank him. We thank him for who he is. He is God. He is our Lord. He is and he loves us. That's those are reasons we thank God. We thank him for his depth of love. Thank him. Appreciate him. There that you are. You don't understand the full details about your situation. So thank him. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just thank him. Lord, I thank you for your mercies. I thank you for the things I don't understand. The story was told of, the, of that little boy who thanked God for little things. 
we got to thank God for you know the mother, thank God for the father, thank God for the person behind the door, thank God for the for the for the shoemaker on the street, thank God for the person who is selling something, thank God for the day, thank God for the bird. He was just thanking God for every little thing. But that's the attitude that God loves. You should thank God. In Jesus' name we are worshipped. Lord, the people have come to your presence tonight. And I pray, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, wherever we are now, that we are listening to this, let your power go and meet us there in the name of Jesus. I send your mercy to visit everyone who is attending today's meeting in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name of prayer. Amen. There is an interesting combo, combination, in the Bible that I want to share with you today. It's not where we are going, but it's an interesting combo because you will be able to see a nice, um, a nice union, a nice union between mercy and truth. A nice union between the main thing that we dwell at on that, that, that we dwell on at ETT and then the truth you know we say expressing the love and the truth of Jesus Christ I want to show you and it is it was in the Old Testament and uh, you will see there that nice union that nice union that nice union between the mercy of god and the truth of god the bible says for in mercy and in truth shall the throne be established for the throne shall be established in mercy and in truth mercy on one hand to pity people and to be kind to people truth on the other hand to do justice and to seek equity today we are coming to the beginning of a new series but before i do that i want to welcome you to the new month happy new months to all of us and happy new months to all all the team members who are working tirelessly doing one thing or another and we thank the Lord for what he is helping us to accomplish with all the people who are having access to this content outside the country, people that we don't even know. But we are praying for you. If you are listening to any of our content, you are interacting, engaging with any of our content, I want you to, be, to, to, be, to know that we are praying for you. We may not know you, but God does know you. And that's why he has positioned us to do this, so that you can benefit from it. And as we continue, we trust the Lord to give you the strength also to be continuous and to be persistent in always coming, always listening, always sharing, always praying in the name of Jesus. Before I go into the message today, I want to let you understand that if you're listening to us you know, there are different channels that people listen to this content. Some listen 
on Spotify, some listen through the online radio, some listen through the website. But please, you might have been trying to send us a message and you don't know how. You don't know how you can get back to us, reach out to us, maybe with a prayer or something that you want or something that you would want us to be aware of. We love your feedback, but because these contents are on different platforms, we can't give a uniform feedback channel. If you're listening on Spotify and on the online radio, there's only one way you can reach out to us, and that is by the email. Just check the description of our, of our platform on Spotify, and if it's also on the online radio, check the description of our, of our station there. You will see the email address. Use it to communicate to us, and we are going to respond as soon as we can. If it is on the website, there's always a contact button that you can use to reach out to us. And there's also the email there for you to send to. And I said that because it's possible that there's someone there, out there in one part of the world that we don't know, but they've been trying hard to reach out to us. You can use the email. We respond to it and we are going to definitely know that you've sent in something. Today we're starting an interesting series and it so coincides with the beginning of a new month. Uh, trust me, these were not pre- they were not premeditated. But it so happened that the beginning of a new series is happening at the beginning of a new month. I want you to follow me to the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. It's a common passage that most people can recite. I mean, they can recite it offhand. But I will still read it for you anyway. It is the Bible. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That verse captures the vastness of God on one hand the simplicity of God on the other hand, the infinity, the infiniteness of God, how big God is, yet how gentle he is and pays attention to little details. For those people who are scientists, they realize that our planet Earth is not even as big as some other planet out there. Yet God places attention upon not just human beings as a whole, but even the very air of our head. Today, we'll be considering the first part of our series entitled A Slice of Infinity. And what we're going to be doing in this series we're going to be unraveling and expounding how big God is. And what is my goal? Number one, to challenge the skeptic out there to look at God, not from the myopic picture, not from the myopic uh, you know, side of what you know of yourself, but of what God knows about you. You know, if you look at yourself, and you want to use your own self to compare to what to who God is, you might not get the correct picture. But if you look at yourself from his perspective, from the way he views you, 
you begin to appreciate the way he sees you and how big he is and not just the pride of big god and small me but a true gratitude to god and from that act of gratitude a submission to the lordship of jesus christ then the second goal i have is to be able to encourage the believer to let you understand that although i have a very big god let me also tell you the other part of it he is always by your side you see those two words don't always go together when you see big people one of one of the things that characterize big people is that they don't pay attention to little things but on the other hand if you check the lyrics of that song so you know so interestingly coined i have a very big god yet he has the time he has the compassion to always be by my side it's not just that he has a place that i i have to go through every time and if i don't have transport fare i won't be able to get to that place no he's by my side i don't even need to buy a time i don't even need to spend anything i could kneel down in the you know in the middle of anywhere i am and say god i thank you and call upon him and he will answer me to encourage you to let you understand that regardless of what you feel on the inside regardless of what situations around you are telling you you have a very big god yet he pays attention he is interested in the minutest detail of your life i was in uh, I, i was in the place of worship you know the other day and someone the minister there a female was sharing her experience and she said in that experience that there was a time that she was passing through some very hard time difficult difficult situations situations that made her to say in a place she said god has forgotten me she said a pastor told us shut up don't ever say that again god never forgets anybody it may look like that and i'm going to tell you today as i as we delve into it to let you understand it is part of the infinity of god it is part of the slice the little part of how big god is i am going to be dwelling my whole sermon today on that single verse john 3:16 the other time i was looking at this verse and i looked at the words that someone said in a particular media content the person said love is the most powerful force in the universe and i looked at it because you know when somebody makes an assertion like that i like to think about it as an apologist to look at the correctness is it correct or could a person be wrong or inside that paradox can i unravel the truth that is in it and so when the person said love is the most powerful force in the universe it was from a media content that's not even christian i wasn't expecting that to be correct but when i looked at that statement and then um, the lord led me to open john 3:16 and i found out that in the center of all of the bible in the center of all of the miracles all of the power of god all of the expression 
of how big God is. This simple verse has traveled around the world to not only con you know save people, convert them from sinners to saints, but also stays at the center of Christianity. This simple verse summarizes not just the personality of God, but also is a slap on everybody who feels that God is not existing or that God is, you know, is too busy or that they have skeptic thoughts regarding God. This single verse here that is just four lines, just four lines in my Bible here, contains very much details that we are going to unravel together. I'm going to start right away. The unshakable love of God. The first line of that place, the first few words there, for God so loved the world. Let me tell you something. In all of God's choices, listen to me please, in all of God's choices, he could have chosen to be known as a powerful God. And nobody will question him. He could have chosen to be known as the God of thunder, like some people worship the God of thunder. He could have chosen to be called whatever name. Do you know what God chose? God chose love. And it is, it is I still wonder how someone that powerful will consider not, you know, not power, not fire, not flames, not not even an expression of one of the natural things that we see like thunder or, you know, or, or firestorm, love. For God so loved. Now, it is not just that God was loving um, the person that is, that is, that married that love. If it was a reciprocal thing, it would have been, you know, understandable in our own, in our own language here. But, the entity that God is loving here is the, is the exact entity that hates God. And that's what makes his love to be unique. The fact that God doesn't love only the people that loves him back. He loves the world. And, you know, if you check this place, you wonder when, 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 when the apostle John, if I'm not mistaken, was giving us the counsel he said, love not the world. And why was he saying that? Because the world is dirty. Because the world is unkind. Because the world has the capacity to change the good on the inside of you and make it to become bad. Because when you are being kind to the world, they can show you the other side and you may, be, you may lose your faith and you may even lose heaven if you are too much engrossed with the world. But I want you to imagine, between you and God, who is more holy? If God is more holy, who should be more careful that they will be stained by the filth and the dirt of the world? I think it should be God. Because he is holier. He should be the one that will say, I can't deal with these dirty people because my holiness will be stained. Yet, he is the one who even first loved us before we, we, before we loved him. Consider that and then think about it. That this love that we are talking about is not just mere sentiment between, but it's, it's, it's an unwavering commitment. Is a relentless effort. Is a is a pursuing agenda. God didn't just sit down and love you. No, 
is running after you. And like somebody, somebody, you know, once told me, you know, this, that a conversion is like God coming to hell to rescue her. And, and she said that because she couldn't she doesn't have any other words to express how unqualified she feels and how humble she feels. Do you think about it like that too sometimes, Christian? Do you consider that actually God paid the utmost price, not just to save you, but to make sure that you find the solution that he had already provided? Now, one of the most striking differences between God and the devil is God's choice to love. Take note of that. That God has the choice to hate, to destroy, to become bad, just like any other person, but he chose love. Now think about it. You are constantly faced with choices every day. You're constantly faced with choices to do bad things, to go back, to stop the good things that you're doing. Let me tell you something. Whether you choose to go forward or to go backwards, it is your choice. It is you. The same way God chose to love, you can choose to stand. You can choose to obey God. You can choose to be prompt in obeying God. And you can choose to drag your feet. Everyone has a choice. And God's choice was to love. Even in God's anger, in the, in the Garden of Eden, when he sent out Adam and Eve from that place, we were thinking, oh, maybe God was going to destroy them and going to just going to throw them out. But even when he threw them out, he was still the one who went ahead to provide the coat, the clothes that they were going to wear. Even in his anger, we could still see traces of his love. And then, as a believer, as somebody who claims to love the Lord, you cannot claim to know God. Oh, I know God. Oh, I I I have been serving God. I have I have known God now for ten for for ten for, for twenty years. Oh, that's true. But if you hate your neighbor, you don't know God. Let me tell you that again. If your neighbor has hurt you deeply and you don't know how to let go, you don't know how to forgive, there's an offense that hurts you so much that you have vowed that you will never ever forgive that person from your heart. How come you claim to know God? Because God is love. And when he forgives, he forgets. The other time, the Lord was teaching me how to forget. And he said to me, forgetting means that you will not remind the offender of the offense again. You would not come out and say, oh, you know, you, know you did this to me last year. And you say you are forgiving the person. If you've forgiven the person, you will not remind them of the offense again. I go to the second part now. God's timeless perspective. The timeless perspective of God. And I'll go to the next part of that John 3, 16. That he gave his only begotten son. We did not take his only begotten son. He gave it. Now, let me tell you something. There is a timeless perspective when it comes to God. It, that thing sometimes scares me, but at the same time, as a way of giving me a comfort. The fact that God is timeless, 
it doesn't dwell in you know just today and then he has forgotten you know yesterday no he is in yesterday he is in today and he's also in tomorrow is timeless and it is an expression of his infinity how infinite god is we uncover god's eternal perspective which stands as a triumphant declaration of his existence he is alive and let me tell you one of that proof that god is alive the personality of jesus now Apart from the personality of Jesus, there's a striking thing that also comes. The beauty of God's knowledge, the beauty of God's, you know, words. As a child of God, maybe you have, you have been in a situation where God tells you something that later happened in the future. Did you, did, you, did you remember the way God told you that thing? As if it is already in existence. As if it will happen tomorrow. Because it's there. He was telling Abraham that he would make him the father of many nations as if it was the following year that Sarah was going to give birth to the first child. He's God. He has this timeless perspective and because he dwells in a place that he is, he is not bound by the times of men. He spoke the existence of Jesus about 2,500 years before Jesus even showed up. The span between the promise of Messiah in Genesis 3 verse 15 that says, and his seed shall, you know, shall bruise, you, you are going to bruise his heel and he's going to bruise your head. That promise did not come to pass until 2,000 to 2,500 years. That's more than one millennium. And I want you to think about it in this way. This is the question that pops in my mind just now as we got to this point. If God made a promise to God, I didn't make a mistake. I know I meant what I said. God made a promise to God because he himself is the one that was speaking and he was going to send himself because Jesus is God. Now, God was making a promise to God. And it took God 2,500 years patience to fulfill his own promise to himself. How much patience do you think you need to have to accomplish God's promise? Think about it for a moment. It got to a time, Paul the Apostle said, For we have need of patience. After we have obeyed, after we have done the will of God, so that we may obtain the promise. Let me go over that logic again. If it took God 2,500 years to fulfill the promise he made to himself, God was making a promise to God and he was patient with himself for 2,500 years. How much patience are you giving yourself? Do you know how many events happen within one year, two years, 10 years, 20 years, 200 years, 500 years to 2,000 years? God was still patient, perfecting his own plans. But when, as human beings, when we start a journey, we make a little mistake, something doesn't go the way we expect it to go, and you begin to beat yourself up. You begin to feel as though you are the worst person in the world. You are reading it now in the book of John 3, verse 16. God was even patient 
with God. You don't catch that. God the Father was even patient in sending Jesus. Jesus himself is God. So that's the true God there. God was patient with God in the fulfillment of his own promise to himself. Hope you know. The Bible says, Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the earth. The Bible also says that everything that God does, he does for his own pleasure. So I wasn't wrong when I was saying God made a promise to God. Because if Jesus had not come, it would mean that God had broken his own promise. And it will not be just a loss for us, but it will also be a slight, it will also be a slap to his character. So God promised God and God was patient until the promise was done. Look, don't be unnecessarily pressurizing yourself. You got to give yourself patience too. Because in looking at the infinity of God, in looking at how fast God is, we are learning these important nuggets that are necessary for our lives to continue. And I tell you this, that in that same verse, John 3 verse 16, it says that whosoever believes in him should not perish. There is a certainty of eternal life. If you check the statement in John 3, 16, they were not maybe or perhaps or if. The verse did not say, for God so loved the world that, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him might not perish, maybe will not perish, but maybe will have everlasting life, not at all. That whoso believes in him should and will have everlasting life. There is the affirmation of the unshakable promise of everlasting life through faith in Christ. And it is a consolation to you if you are a child of God already. And if you are not a child of God, it is an invitation to you is not a condemnation there is no word of condemnation in john 3 16 he is not condemning you he is inviting you and it is also a certainty of triumph of god over any worldly doubt or skepticism let me tell you this there is currently now in our time the triumph of faith over every mystery every evil everything that we don't understand your faith in god will win the victory i am going to conclude with the words of this song that we used to sing as much as i remember the song says encamp along the hills of night you christian soldiers rise and as you move on in your fight, I'm putting in my words now, the chorus of that song says, faith will win the victory. Eventually, in your life, if you don't lose hope, if you don't give up, faith eventually will triumph. We saw it in the life of Jesus. His faith in the ability of God to raise him up eventually triumphed his faith in the ability of God to give him the strength to bear the pain of the glory ahead of him paid off in the end because he did not die under the lashes he would not die under the pain say amen to that
because his faith in God's power to keep him strong, to keep him not denying God in the midst of that challenge paid off. You will not deny God in the name of Jesus. As we expound and conclude on this first part, whatever part of the infinity, that's why we call it a slice of infinity, whatever part of the, of the pie that you have gotten, I want you to begin to pray now and take it to God in prayers and say, Lord God, I don't know what you've seen in this short time that we've used to expound God's word. Whatever part that you've seen now, please pray. Take it to God in prayer now and begin to armor it to God and begin to ask the Lord, I have not known you enough, Lord. For the apostle said, until we all come to the, to the knowledge of the person of, of, of Jesus, so of, of truth, that we are no more babes tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Why don't you pray and say, Lord, I want to know you even as I am known. You are fast, Lord. There is no limit to your power. There is no limit to your abilities. Help me, Lord, to know you. That I may know him, that I may know him at the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. Lord, I bring your people before you now, and I pray, O oh Lord, by the power of your infinity, let every satanic work in their lives be put to an end in the name of Jesus. Let every doubt give way to solid and living faith in the name of Jesus. Let hopelessness give way to, to fervent hope and lively hope in you in the name of Jesus. Let everything that the enemy rejoices over in their lives give way to your miracle power in the name of Jesus. I bring the lives of everyone listening now in contact to your infinity and your words oh god says all power in heaven and on earth has been given to jesus and so i don't care what power is in operation in the lives of every listener now lord by your infinity i bring their life in contact with your power and i ask now let their life let the problems in their life melt away now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the answered prayers. In, in place of problems, in place of pain, in place of, of need, let there be your miracle power and let your people rejoice in Jesus' name. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening or watching. Don't forget to share this content. We know that your first priority is to your local church, but if you feel led to support our gospel effort financially, please check the description for details. God bless you.